2: trouble scott farrell is calling the shots from the sideline we're gonna make fun of people we're gonna hurt people's feelings it's farrell on the bench i believe in whipped cream with everything all right farrell on the bench they they have uh you know tommy lasorda cut out i'm surprised they don't have a larry king cut out aren't you have you seen larry king yet because usually they have
3: i'm sure they've got him sit- out there they'll show it he, he probably sprung the couple bucks to buy himself a cutout
2: because it's, he used to sit right there in the front row. Do you remember? Like, honestly, Turner, like who's, like, I cannot believe not one person, not one person in his life has ever told him he looks ridiculous with that ginger ass, that puffy ass ginger beard he's rocking. Like, not one person that loves him has told him you look like an idiot. No one's ever said, listen, dude, honestly, you look like an idiot. Why can't you just get rid of that? I've never seen anything like it. What does he think? He's uh James Harden or something? Is there anything worse than some dude with a gigantic red beard? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Is there? Is there anything worse?
3: He's got a no. lot of flow in that beard. You know, I can't I can't knock that. I mean, he's worked a long time on that. That takes effort. That takes dedication, what that guy Shut is up. working with up there Shut at the plate right now. You'd rather it takes have work.
2: Whose beard would you rather have, Blackman's, uh, Burns, Jumbotron's, or this guy, Turner?
3: I, I I like Blackman. I think Blackman's got good flow on his too.
2: Blackman's got good flow on his too. I've heard it all. <laughs> I don't understand. Like I've never understood really. I guess the the concept of having a beard that big in the middle of summer when it's a hundred degrees, I've never like, I could grow a beard easily. Right. I could have a beard. It would take me a few weeks, whatever, what, two, two, three weeks to have a beard or whatever. I could do it, but I would never do it in the summer. You know what I mean? It's, It's bad enough in the summer with just too much beards. Bench, always a pleasure to have uh, one of the greatest writers ever uh, anywhere in sports or otherwise on the bench, Rick Talender of the Sun-Times in Chicago. I always <laughs> I always get a kick out of his uh, stories and the way he writes. He's just fantastic. We tried to get him on the TV show one day. Uh, I don't... Carver Hyde, did he catch up with technology yet, your boy Tallender, because he... <laughs> We tried to get him on. No, he Zoom had a Skype, Skype, but our Skype
3: wasn't working. Our Skype wasn't working that day. So we had a problem getting Rick on. But we got him now.
2: <laughs> hey, how's it going, Rick?
0: Never better, bud. How you doing? Hey, thanks for the intro, you know? Yeah, what that basically says is this old boy's been around for a while, but mm-hmm. so thank you. I do appreciate it.
2: You're awesome. Uh I was reading your story today that uh I I think it was from like a day or two ago. It was really great. Uh there's a couple things that I, I wanted to uh read. Uh you were talking about the Cubs White Sox uh games uh on uh at empty Wrigley Field and at on the South Side uh, when they played the exhibition games and you said uh do you know how packed those places would have been for those tune-up Sunday and Monday? Oh man, it would have been a, a carnival at each place. Instead, it was like tuning into a horticultural Zoom meeting outdoors. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> That's good stuff That's right there, man. For, That's what they pay me for, bud.
0: That's <laughs> what they pay me for. I mean, that
2: was that was brilliant right there. Uh, and then uh, and then you started talking. Here, wait. Uh, you know, or rather the sound I heard on NBC Sports, Chicago. I can't get the Cubs marquee sports network and don't even want to know why you suits was, I think some piped in fake crowd noise. Like we're watching a sitcom like this is radio uh, baseball from 1934 with Ronald Dutch Reagan recreating games via uh, where now the thing moves on me via a telegraph and a block of wood. <laughs> 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 listen to you. I thought it was like I was thinking of Dutch Reagan. I was, and the next thing I thought it was a little house on a prairie. Day. <laughs> remember Laura Engel, and they used to sit around the candle in the fire listening to the radio. You know,
0: listen, I got to tell you, I, I looked up a bunch of stuff and I do remember I didn't hear it. I wasn't alive in 1934. But Reagan, Ronald Reagan, our president, was a radio announcer, a baseball announcer, and he would do games via telegraph, and he'd say, whoa, that was a hit. That one is really stoked. But he'd take two blocks of wood and hit them together then crank up a little crowd noise, and he would describe, well, uh, you know, uh, shootless Joe Jackson just made the second base. He's leading off a little bit. He would act as though he were actually watching the game. And I read about one time where there was a delay. The telegraph wasn't working. And he didn't know what was going on. So he kept describing a game for like 20 minutes. It wasn't actually occurring. And it's just going on and on. And you know, it probably was great.
2: You know, when I did, but, uh... Uh, listen, when, when I did play-by-play uh, for the Thrashers in the NHL, right, in their expansion season, I used to always get in trouble, Rick. Uh, they would haul me into the president or, the uh, you know, I think it was the president of the franchise or something. <laughs> uh and then uh and then they would bring the gm in don Waddell would come into these meetings and they would they were mad as hell at me and they would say uh you know what are you doing you're like doing fake fights i said well we're losing seven to one i i you know there's no said there's no tv i said uh i'm calling the game we're down seven one there's no tv so i'm on the road in columbus I thought maybe i you know, the fight in the corner lasted for 30 seconds. I I made it last for three and a half minutes and there was probably a little, I said that he was bleeding like the Exxon Valdez. His his eye had been <laughs> gouged out of his head. Uh, the, the guy stuck his thumb in his eye socket and pulled his eyeball out of his head. And then what happened was, is that the player's wives uh complained about me so they started uh like the wives would worry about their husbands playing and they would only be able to listen to me because there was no tv broadcast and so they're listening to this guy do these (laughs) fake fights and i was calling imaginary fights and then the wives would call and narc on me and then i get hauled into a meeting and yelled at by the ownership can you imagine
0: (laughs) no i can't i mean uh a I man's a wife calling in. My my husband has one eye now. He just got gouged out by this other guy skating around, holding his eyeball in his hand. Shame on you!
2: Can you and, believe it? So, but you you know what's interesting? Yeah. You transitioned from. It would appear to me you transitioned from like a baseball game, and you started talking about the problems uh, on the streets of Chicago which are too numerous to get into, but it's been going on for years now. It's become the deadliest city in America. And you uh, go on a a tear about the mayor Lightfoot and the police and all the problems uh, with uh, assaults on uh, the Columbus statue in Grant Park. And not just that, there's so much violence in the city with people shooting each other. Uh, It really is incredible how you weave a story and take me uh, into everything that goes on in the fabric of the Windy City—from uh, a, a, a scrimmage, a, 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 an exhibition baseball game, into a brilliant piece about what's wrong with America, what's wrong with COVID, what's wrong with Trump, and and what's wrong with Chicago politics and, and the police and the and people killing each other. I just think your stuff is just brilliant, man.
0: Well, th- thank you. You know, sometimes I get a little adrift of sports, but. Really, I mean, you would ask anybody who's listening to you right now, anybody's thinking about anything at all, um, everything we see has to do with the virus or has to do with people rethinking history, rethinking black lives, slave owners, everything. Who, who lasts? Who makes it through this? And as I watch these games, you know, the Cubs playing the Sox, honestly. What gets better? How many cities have two teams? I mean, New York does. You could say L.A. does. They're all spread out. Maybe, you know, uh, you, you could say San Francisco, partly. We've got Oakland. But really, the Cubs and the Sox are 30, let's see, 71 blocks apart. Take the red line, and you get from guaranteed rate to Wrigley Field. And uh, so the, 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 the uh, passion of the fans is beyond belief to watch these games And I I guess we're supposed to get used to it. In empty stadiums with nobody cheering, they had a little bit of uh, piped-in crowd noise. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird, a little like a sitcom. Uh, The announcers were great. I, I was listening to Steve Stone and Jason Benedetti, and they're just wonderful. But it is the only thing you can think of is this is the Twilight Zone. This is surreal. What is going on? And not far away from this in Grant Park, The uh, statue, the Columbus statue had been assaulted. Forty nine cops were injured. And in fact, I I tell you this, uh, but uh, I actually am on my way down to Grant Park right now. We just learned via um, Twitter and the Internet, the police uh, stations that Lori Lightfoot is having the Columbus statue torn down tonight at 11 p.m. Chicago time and crowds are already assembling and she was trying to play both ways. Uh, not tear down the statue, not do it. And meanwhile, these cops were injured. One guy might be permanently blinded, one cop. As I said, 49 wounded, 17 sent to to, uh, hospitals. Uh, One demonstrator got a tooth knocked out, and that's about it. But they're doing it for a statue that now she's decided to take down in in the next half hour, I guess. So Italian-Americans are there. I don't know what's there. I don't know what's going on. But this stuff is up for grabs. It's up for grabs and sports is, is the one thing that we count on to, you know, for pleasure, for play, for enjoyment. It's just, I love sports. I love them. But when you see a stadium like Wrigley field, a beautiful stadium, empty and uh, you know, this guy like uh, Louis Roberts for the socks, uh, just one of the most exciting rookies ever. And it comes to bat and there's no noise. And, you As I said, he struck out, you know, the first time up. Yeah, three pitches, no noise. It's a double, no noise. It's very, very strange, but.
2: Yeah, I believe it. Uh, Hold that thought, Rick. We'll come back with Rick Tallender before he goes down to uh, see what's happening at the Columbus Statue in Grant Park. Uh, we got one more segment with Rick coming up. I want to ask him some questions about everything going on in Chicago sports, including the Cubs and White Sox. And I want to remember a better day. Like I always thought uh, Comiskey was better than that dump they play in now.
4: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All
2: right, Pearl on the Bench, we're talking to the uh, undeniable Rick Tellender of the Sun-Times in Chicago. Uh, He's the best. Uh, So a couple things. A, you know, when I grew up in in Chicago as a kid, uh, my dad used to take me to... uh, Comiskey Park and uh, you know Harry Carey was you know doing the Sox then before he did the Cubs and you know they were taking showers in center field Uh, and you know my car got stolen at Cabrini Green. I mean uh, I just thought it was I know it was a dump. I know it was old. I know it was falling apart. But I just thought it was better. Those days were better, even in the White Sox wearing those softball uniforms and Chet Lemon and and Wilbur Wood. I thought those days were better than that cement ashtray they play in now. And I thought baseball was way better then with the White Sox and Cubs in Chicago than it is now, even though I think the White Sox have a lot of talent and I think the Cubs have a lot of talent. I just thought baseball then was better in Chicago.
0: Uh, you know Scott, it, it's uh, it's a very interesting thing because we really bond with sports and particularly baseball since it's played so often, if you live in a big city and you get to go to games, and whatever happened when we were young becomes just an indelible part of our of our whole personality, everything. I mean, I remember, you know what's important to me, I remember going to Chemiski the first time with my dad, and I was a kid. We were go I grew up in Peoria. And we took the train uh, up from Peoria to Chicago. And I was, I don't know, I was maybe eight, something like that. And uh, I'd never seen, I I, I was terrified the entire time. Everything was massive. It was huge. Uh, We got on the train. I'd actually written on my walls of my room, can't wait. I remember this in pencil and it was all over. I just, I could, I was trembling for like two weeks to go. And we went to this thing. And uh, there's guys yelling, get your Red hot!" I didn't know what the hell a Red Hot was. I was clinging to my dad, but we sat there and watched this game, and it was like, holy – well, I can't – say it was just amazing. (laughs) And that was the start of it. I don't even know who was playing, but there were massive amounts of people in the stands, and they're yelling and screaming, and these guys are swearing at the umpires. I'd never heard anybody swear like that. And it was just – it was amazing. It was – life-changing, life-altering, there's no question. And then all the times that I went to Wrigley, because I lived near there, uh, it used to be just called Lakeview or whatever the hell, it wasn't called Wrigleyville, and uh, just go to games, you know, for a dollar, sit in the bleachers, game after game, and uh, it it was wonderful. So, I think a lot of people feel that way, and I do understand the way you feel about old Comiskey. I still call it Comiskey. It had quirks, it had places where you couldn't see the field if you're sitting. you know it wasn't everything perfect and wonderful, and uh, that's the way people want it now. everything you no know, uh, all the amenities and no uh, negatives at all. So, hey, you know it's I, I tend to agree with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, do you uh you talk about uh, I, I always follow you and you bring up so many memories because I remember watching artist Gilmore play. And uh Jerry Sloan and, and and Van Leer and Walker, Love and uh oh, and Borwinkle and you wrote about it like back in May. Uh you, you brought it up in May at one point or another. I think right around the same time you were putting a picture of a a video of a goose att- attacking a lady in a parking lot. <laughs> you don't look <laughs> at that stuff, do
0: you? Was that not I funny? Do.
2: This goose. I watch all of car. it. She's- <laughs> I follow you. I'm surprised you don't follow me back. I'm very disappointed, but I think you got a great well, sense I will of humor. I'll do it, man.
0: Listen, didn't you? You know, Mike, you, your producer said he, you asked if I was still technologically, you know, negligent and idiotic, right. and it, the answer is yes. So I would follow uh, you in a heartbeat. I, uh, you know, I just so I go days, almost weeks without looking at anything. You know, I know there, you do. at the walls, I look at books, I read books. Constantly, magazines, new and and I just I don't know, we're we're inundated with information. Uh listen, I would follow you in a heartbeat. I will. Hey. Just tell me how.
2: <laughs> all right, well, Carver High will, get, Carver High will give you my uh, my uh, Twitter handles, and then it'll be real simple. Let me ask you, how much Please fun much. did you have doing the last dance? Because you were all over that. I, that was when I tried to get you on the show, when you we couldn't figure out the Skype or the Zoom, and yeah. then we just gave up or something. But what, what, how was that for you? Because I know how much you love hoops like I do.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we did that thing I mean, a long time ago. I want to say... I think it might've been two years because I did not remember anything I'd said. Uh, you know, the producer was a, was a real good guy. Very nice guy, very young guy. And he'd done the 84 bear, 85 bears for ESPN. So he came to Chicago and he said, Hey Rick, you know, would you get on to talk about this? Cause you're looking for old boys who were around during the Jordan years. And I was here for all of it. I wrote a cover story for SI about Michael in 1986 or seven one of those, right. I think it was right. six. And, uh, you know, and then when I started with the Sun-Times in 95, I, I wrote about, you know, different things for Sports Illustrated. But uh, then I wrote columns about the, the Bulls nonstop, 95, 96, 97, 98, three championships with Dennis Rodman and and Pippen and, you know, of course, uh, Phil Jackson, who was a good friend of mine, and Michael. And Michael and I had become, I don't know, you know, sort of pals because he was very amenable to talking to the old boy writers back in the stadium, the old crazy ass Chicago stadium. He'd hang around after games. And a lot of times, you know, there'd be no tape recorders going nothing. We're just shooting the breeze, everybody. And uh, he liked that. He actually loved that. He's got some old boy in him, you know, uh, with the last game, he played Scottie Pippen's uh, charity game at the stadium. It was during the summer, right before it got torn down, and the United Center was built, and that's where we stopped and kissed the bull at at half court after scoring. Well, in the middle of scoring fifty two points, so I, you know I didn't care about being on. I do these, I'll do them, a, I'll do these guys favors, like I'll talk about this stuff. It's fine with me, but I didn't get paid anything. And but all of a sudden, my kids are saying, "Dad, jeez, wow, you know you're you're kind of a big shot, aren't you?" It was like, <laughs> my kids are 30 years old, for Christ's sake. Right. I like, yeah, I am. About time for you to figure it out, you little turds. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> it was fine. I enjoyed it. Uh, I really did. I enjoyed talking about that. If it helps anybody, if it makes the thing move on. And, uh, you know, anybody got to see Michael play. I think I saw him maybe 300 times live
2: there at the
0: at, at arenas. So, yeah, I'm happy to share that.
2: I thought that was also a better place. You know, I used to uh, work for Sports Channel and uh, I was on Sports Channel for Ellen Avenge. And I also worked there and I covered the Blackhawks and and. I remember the Chicago Stadium, the 99 steps. I just thought it was like the greatest old arena. What a great hockey barn that was and on, you know, Wayne Mesmer singing the anthem and the rowdy fans and the sparklers and the and the anthem and and the people waving flags and screaming and swearing and the beer chugging and I just thought they built that United Center, it was so antiseptic. It just it just turned me off. Let, well, me you, uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you about uh, Trubisky and Foles. We are constantly arguing on on the TV show that I do in the afternoon about uh, who's going to get that job. I mean, you know more than I do. What's the status? I've, I've heard of all this uh, rhetoric about uh, incumbency. Like, what's that like being in office or something? So, uh, what's the deal <laughs> with the Bears' quarterback situation?
0: Yeah, yeah, you have to get elected.
2: Well, listen,
0: you know as much as anybody because nobody's seen anything. You know, everything is colored by the COVID virus, everything, for the last six months. So Foles, you know, the deal all happened. Everything's fine in January. February is a little dicey. March hits, and we have gone into hibernation. So we have no idea. They may not have – who knows if they'll play the preseason games. And if they do not play preseason games – and you know, they hardly have any preseason practice, they likely would give it to Trubisky to start uh, the season, just because you know, he has been there, he's the incumbent so to speak, but um, you know, Foles is a good quarterback at times and everybody knows that and we're worried about Trubisky, just great guy, I really like, very nice guy, but just not having the goods, you know, you have to be so good to be an NFL quarterback, it is incredible, I. it's just it is the most difficult thing to do in all sports. I don't care what anybody says, because you have to do all this stuff while guys are trying to cripple you. You know, yeah, it's hard to make a putt. It's hard to uh, hit a, you know, a 94 mile an hour slider. Right. But nobody's trying to, you know, hit you at the knees while you do it. So uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know how that's going to go. But, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> what? So you know, Dan. I, I can, listen, let me throw something in.
2: Dan Marino.
0: I got one minute, respectfully. uh,
2: I got one minute. Go ahead. Uh, You
0: want to hear this. Dan Marino, I was talking to him. We were just sitting there drinking some vodka, and I said, you know, Dan, you're playing quarterback, and it's like crazy. Because I'd stand in the end zone sometimes, and you're looking around, and he said, you know what it's like? It's like you're on a damn merry-go-round, and there's all these colors flashing and stuff, and you make a tiny little step this way. Not even a step. You shift your hips, and a guy goes flying by that would have crippled you. And I thought that was a pretty good description of being an NFL quarterback from Dan Marino. Yeah. Pretty good guy. I'll tell pretty you good what.
2: Quarterback. I watched him play every game at Pitt uh, when he was there playing for the Panthers. Rick, you're fantastic. Listen, be safe in Grant Park. We'll get you back on the show. I'll get you on the TV side one of these days. I love you. Uh, stay healthy. I hope your family's doing well. Always a pleasure to have you on. You're the best, man.
0: Thank you, bud i appreciate
2: it really do take care I right. right. rick tellender of the sun times in chicago i love that guy he's fantastic uh, they don't make him like that anymore i gotta tell you um i also have to say uh that uh since i'm at it uh i think soldier field is also a better uh stadium when than when they turned it into a pharrell spaceship honestly i mean it was such a great stadium on lake michigan right there Uh, It was so freezing cold and awesome and iconic and legendary. And then they turned it into that stupid-ass star-looking thing they play in... uh... All right, Pharrell on the bench with you. That was great having Rick Toner on. And um, Carver High's got the Sheet of Integrity. I'm a little surprised that he didn't uh, pull it out on the uh, Coast to Coast show that we do. And that's still Dodger. Very busy.
3: (laughs) Very busy on Coast to Coast.
2: Dodgers-Giants still 1-1. They're in the uh, bottom of the fifth. The Dodgers have runners on first and second and one out. So uh, they're at Chavez-Ravine. Anyway, so we're very busy on coast-to-coast, but we're never too busy to do the – and there's a drive to deep center at the track caught, and they won't get anything out of that. So anyway, uh, they got the runner advances to third bets. But um, you have the sheet of integrity now, so uh, better late than never. Tell me about your sheet of integrity.
3: Yes, and for those new to Pharrell uh, on the Bench program, the sheet of integrity is usually the MLB and the NFL over-unders. Whenever I do beginning of the season, the sheet of integrity, you cannot change. You can always go back and see what you had. I did Yankees over 37 and a half. We already got one in the bag for that, right? right. So they, with the Yankees, Dodgers as well, over 37 and a half. Right. Went with that one. We also did the—see, I'm not as high on the White Sox as some of you other guys. I, I don't like their pitching. I know they're going to score runs. I did the under 31-and-a-half with the White Sox. I don't think they're going to get there. Uh, not this year, at least. Right. I did the cu- the Cubbies over 31-and-a-half because I love the Cubs this year. I think the Cubs are going to win the Central. I think the Orioles are going to win about five games. So I did the under 20-and-a-half with the Baltimore Orioles. They're just going to be awful. Just And they're playing—think about it. They're playing the Yankees 10 times, the Rays 10 times— you know, the, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are both better than them. They play them each 10. Then they got to play the NLEs, too. They got to play the Braves, the Phillies, the Nats, the Mets. How are they winning 20 games? I just don't see it at all. And then I went deep on the Phillies, too. I got the Phillies over 31 and a half. And then FanDuel had a super boost on the Phillies to make the playoffs at plus 320. Now, listen to this, Scotty. I, I think I got it in. This afternoon, just under the nose, because all the make the playoff stuff came off the board when all the playoff stuff changed. So they took it all, you know, everything came off when they decided the news got out that they're going to change got the amount of playoff in. teams. I got it in. I got the Phillies to make the playoffs at plus 320. So on the super boost. And then I also did Harper to win the NL MVP at 13 to one and Gleyber Torres to win the AL MVP at 20-1. to 1. Those are my two uh, kind of like little longest shots that I said, let me take a shot with these two guys to win the MVP. I like that. A sheet of integrity for this year's MLB season. I'm excited.
2: I actually, I think I like all that.
3: The Oriole really one did. is my favorite. I think the Oriole one is the one that I, I had the Oriole one on my eyes the day they announced the 60-game season. The next day, FanDuel had all the numbers up. And I went to the Orioles, and I saw 20 and a half, and I said, just looking at the schedule, you're only playing the East teams. The Orioles are so bad. How are they going to win 20 games? They're not. Watch, they'll they'll beat the Red Sox tomorrow. You know, that's how that'll work out for me. I go play them with the the under, and they'll probably start (laughs) 1-0. Yeah,
2: I don't – they're not winning that game tomorrow. The Red Sox shut down Eduardo Rodriguez for complications. Tanaka is going to wear a protective insert in his – Cap, um, I'm just looking at some of the stories, right? We talked about this on the – did I not talk about that on Coast to Coast today, that the uh, Kentucky faculty want Rupp Arena's uh, name changed?
3: We did. That was the fan question today.
2: Yeah. That makes, you know I, – I just – when does it end? When does it end? When does it stop? When when does the name changing stop? Like, right? Like, it's like the name calling. Do you remember? You got to quit calling those kids names. You, you, you're just abusive. And you, you're, you're a bully. And you're saying mean things to those kids at the bus stop. And you, you're calling them names. And their parents have called me. And we're just not going to have it. We're just done with all of your shenanigans, <laughs> your your name calling. So uh, the thing is, I don't understand how every single thing now is i mean literally everything is they want to change everything they want to change history they want to change names they want to change arenas they want to change the names of buildings they want to tear down all the statues of of this country the the history of this country everything everybody's a racist everybody's bad everything's horrible it makes no sense to me like literally today did i not say like They're treating Adolf Rupp like he's Adolf Hitler. (laughs) I mean, honestly, they are. I mean, can you explain that to me at all? I I get the whole okay. He had a lot of white players, and then he lost to Texas Southern in the NCAA championship game. Uh, They were all black, and then he um he finally recruited a black player to Kentucky. Uh, So does that. Uh, I, I don't know, does that define him as a racist because he didn't have black players? Then uh, what is it like at Kentucky now, right? At, at Kentucky now, how many African-American basketball players are there? Like 98% of them, right? Are they not? I don't understand what they want. I Why is Adolf Rupp now a racist? Maybe I just don't know enough about it. Maybe I'm uh, uneducated on it. Maybe I just don't know the deep-seated hate they have for Adolph Rupp in the state of Kentucky. Have you ever heard anyone, Carver High, up till this day, ever, can you explain to me, have you ever heard anyone say anything bad about Adolph Rupp
3: in your life? I mean, bad. I, I do remember when they did They did a movie on that uh, championship game, remember? Uh, the Kentucky against Texas Southern. Remember that? Right. Uh, they, I forget yes. the name of the movie. It was a Glory Road. I forget the name of the, the movie, but I remember watching that, and there'd be some talk around that time about how Rupp didn't allow the African-American players. But in the last you know, 10 years, no, I, I don't personally remember anything with Adolph Rupp. In addition
2: to so. removing his name from the arena in Legend, and the faculty have requested the names of enslavers, Confederate sympathizers and other white supremacists be removed from campus buildings. The Adolf Rupp name has come to stand for racism and exclusion and alienates black students, fans, and attendees. The rebuilding of the arena and the convention center offer an opportunity to change the name to a far more inclusive one, such as Wildcat Arena. Next thing you know, Wildcat will be racist, Right? The faculty and students who've expressed these concerns are deeply valued members of the community. We thank them for their continued compassion and passion in advancing uh, equity at Kentucky. The arena, which is now called Rupp at Central Bank Center after a naming rights deal, is undergoing a $275 million renovation. He died in '77 at the age of 76. Coach of Wildcats for 41 seasons, from 1930 to '72, his teams won 82% of their games. He ranks sixth in history. With 876 wins, he got the UK to four national championships, 27 SEC regular season titles. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 69. In 66, his all-white Kentucky team lost to the all-black starting five from Texas Western, uh, now Texas El Paso, in the championship game of the NCAA tournament. Three years later, Rupp signed his first African-American player, a 7'2 center Tom Payne from Louisville. Rupp Arena opened in the fall of 76 and was built by the city of Lexington. The arena is part of a 53 million Lexington Center complex. And the naming rights deal was announced. The athletic director said, it has to be Rupp Arena. When you're recruited, when you're having teams come in here to play and people come in here, this is Rupp Arena. It's set apart from all other places. This one's been this way for 50 years. It can't change. They have ranked first or second in average attendance in division one each season since 1976, 77, in average attendance, it draws more than anywhere, right? Uh, We recognize the university has already announced steps to enhance diversity. We propose another series of actions that focus on deeper structural change. These actions will alter the institutional realities concerning racism on our campus and move us forward to racial equality and not just diversity and inclusion in our community. Those actions will demonstrate that black lives truly matter at the University of uh, Kentucky. So um, they asked that the entire university be required to take courses on race and inequality and ask for increased representation, and increased support for black students. So we recognize they've already announced a lot of steps to enhance diversity, but it's not enough. That's what they said, they said it right here. We recognize they've already done a lot, but but it's just not enough. We propose another series of actions. We just we want more and more and more and more and more. And we want to change the name of the guy, the guy that put him on the map. So because he had all white players, right? Bottom line, he's a racist, and they want to change the name of the arena. That's the short version of it, right? I just don't get it. I really, I just don't get it. Like, really? Okay, why don't you just call it Wildcat Arena? Will that make everybody happy now? And then what? Wildcats are racists. I mean, obviously, right? I mean, they changed every other name in sports now. Are they not changing every nickname in sports? Are they not doing it, Carver High? They're doing it everywhere.
3: They are. Which they are doing it.
2: Schools. They're doing it at high schools, for Christ's sakes. Sick of it. I'm sick and tired of it. Like, (laughs) what isn't changing? What's next? They're going to tell you. They're going to come to your house. You live in a white house. They're going to tell you to paint it black. You live in a red house. They're going to tell you to paint it orange. They're going to tell you to change your name because they don't like your name. I mean, my God, it just never ends. I've never seen anything like it. Like, aren't the Indians having a meeting tomorrow? They're doing another meeting. They're doing another racism meeting tomorrow. The Cleveland Indians, how do they have time for that? Aren't they playing baseball tomorrow? Yes, they are. Bieber's pitching. So all I know is they're meeting with the Native Americans. Got to make them happy. Uh, Washington changed the name of their football team. Now, how about this? They changed the name. Now, no one's happy with that name, right? Change your name. You're racist. Then they change the name, and now people don't like that name. Do you notice like today, Seattle, they named them the Crackers and everyone loved it until later in the day when people started saying they play in a crack house and their fans are called crackheads. So now there's people that don't like the name because of the reference to crack. It takes five minutes before people start complaining about the name of everything. Everything. I mean, what's next? You're going to tell me my basketball shoes are racist? I wear LeBron James' 17s, 16s, 15s. I'm a racist because I only wear LeBrons. What's next? Converse is racist because they had the Magic Johnson and Larry Bird shoe. And and it should have just been the Magic Johnson shoe. I, I I just don't understand it. It just never ends. It never ends. And then they'll say, you just don't get it, man. You'll never get it. That's what they tell you now. You just don't understand. You'll never get it, just shut up. And what we wanna do is change everything and and you shut up. You shut up while we change everything. We'll get our way and then you you shut up. That's what they're doing. We're gonna change everything and you shut the Pharrell up. How's that sound? And then if not, what we're gonna do is we're gonna set fires, we're gonna loot, we're gonna throw rocks, we're gonna burn buildings down, we're gonna burn our communities to the ground until we get what we want. So what we're gonna do is destroy everything, we're gonna destroy everything, and you shut up. We're gonna throw rocks, set fires, loot, pillage, burn, rob, and then you shut up. So we're going to change the name of all the arenas and all the names of the buildings on all the campuses around the country. And then, but before we do that, we're going to shut down um, football because uh, of the COVID. The COVID is racist too. All right, for on the band. Sports Rage is up next with Marenzi, uh, Gabe. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. We were talking about it earlier on the show. Is that? Um, jared dudley's a complete utter fat ass did you see how fat that dude looked uh, for the lakers did you watch the laker dallas game tonight and see how fat that dude was
5: you know what uh, you know what's funny about that uh, scotty is i remember uh before there was any talk about the nba bubble or how the nba was going to approach uh, things jared dudley was like point blank i i appreciated the honesty scotty he didn't talk about patriotism about how sports bring people together. He's like, man, there's a lot of money at stake. And he was tweeting other NBA players on Twitter. He's like, guys, there's a lot of money at stake. This affects us uh, moving forward with the CBA. Uh, there's 23.5% of our salary on the table. And evidently, we know why he needs the money, Scott. He's got to keep that fridge full, bro.
2: I mean, honestly, that guy—that guy looks like he should be playing in my uh, rec league at the old Wash uh, White Guy Rec League uh, with some of the brothers. I mean, he literally—he—I don't know who's fatter, him or Pablo Sandoval. Honestly, in turn, and and Bryson DeChambeau starting to rock that same. We're gonna have an all-fat league. We're gonna have to like get all these guys huddled up and get a fat league going, Marenzi.
5: Yeah, I know, and I'm surprised like Sandoval like hasn't had a heart attack uh, yet. But we're only one game, <laughs> we're only one game in. Of all dudes, too, to get an RBI, too. Huh? Like, can you, you believe that Frank that Waziski? game's?
2: Can he you believe always, that game's only one one? The Dodgers can't score runs.
5: Yeah, yeah, of course, that's the way it is. I mean, Cueto had a one hitter going through like four innings. That's the way I expect 2020. <laughs> I expect an earthquake, Scotty, before this game is done. Actually, as well, I don't think they're going. to You're compete.
2: probably right. All right, Morenzi. have a great show. I'll see you tomorrow on uh, Coast to Coast. And uh, and that's at 4 to 6 p.m. East. We'll get uh, Morenzi on tomorrow and then uh, tomorrow night as well. Great job, Carter Hyde, tonight on Pharrell on the bench. The Yankees winners 4-1. They called it because of rain and de lightning and everything else. 1-1 right now at 6 of Chavez. Good night.